Hi, I'm Tina Desiree Berg, and welcome to the 34th. Let everybody know uh, today, Mitch is sending me with us. It'll be the first time he's come out of his secrecy since this began. This is not the, the health department. They got no notice from Mitch that he was going to plan this, which is endangering people's health. The city parks and rec commissioners got no notice. There's been no public process. Well, this is a democracy. And Mitchell Farrell has bypassed the people. He's bypassed the democracy to do this in secret in a city that's full of need. They are saying that we're shelter resistant. That's absurd. For the last year, we've been building something this city needs. More shelters. We are shelter aware. We are aware that in our community, in Echo Park, Park, we have women who have been raped in city shelters by city shelter staff and have gotten no redress for that. They've been traumatized. One in particular, PTSD, trauma. You're a woman. She was raped when the staff there told a, said to a male, they sent a male to escort a woman to her shower. What kind of shelter does that? We don't do that. There are, they are not, she's not shelter resistant. She's shelter aware. She knows they're dangerous for many people. And we need more alternatives like ours. We know that many people are in warehouses in cots. That's not shelter. That's a form of Guantanamo. And we want more dignity than that. We don't want to be robbed of our personhood to get our human right to housing. And we, we, we know that Mitchell Farrell is ignoring the more suffering people in the blocks around us. That's right. Yep. Who are on the sidewalks, blocking the sidewalks. We have never blocked Echo Park. And the more needy, the more suffering that are out there that should be first in line. If we've got a hotel room open today, I want a person who's on, stuck on the sidewalk who's sick, who's got diabetes, who's dealing with drug issues, wants to get drug rehabilitation, wants to get help. I want them to get that hotel room tonight before I do. And if the police come out to me tonight and they say, we're making you an offer of housing, am I going to go in their house, to that hotel room tonight? sleep in there, watch the TV, get lulled into their complacency, or would we be better off, all of us, tonight, being out on the street, camping in Echo Park, and saying, until you open up half of every park in the county.
Push back, Sal. No, don't back. Step back. Don't fucking do that again. Step back. Don't fucking do that again. I'm, I'm letting you know. I have every right to be filming you. You're okay. You're okay. Oh, sorry. Oh my God, this poor guy. You think we trust you? Yeah. We're gonna wait. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Go ahead and help him up, Matt, please. You he's he's perfectly capable. Hey, can I get you two? Can I get two? You need help, sir? You need help, sir? No. They don't need okay. help. They said no. No means no. Leave them alone. Okay. okay. Give me okay. somebody besides them. Hey, you two, come here. You want to stand up? You two. Okay, they're not going to touch you. Are you okay? I wouldn't be sure. You can just come back and hang out with us. You have everything. No one took anything. It's okay, don't worry. No one's going to hurt you. No one will hurt you. Relax. Possible. This, this is the reality of people. Every day in this park, you want to see truth? This is true. They're asking for a squad to be released because he was too groggy from waking up, and they're gonna call reinforcements. This, this is the truth, guys. Seriously? Okay, we're ready. Leave the area, guys. Everybody's gotta move. Leave the area. You're okay. We gotta leave the area, guys. We appreciate it. Yes. We appreciate your cooperation, guys. Hold left, hold left. Thank you very much. You guys ready? Up where we're going. Wow, really? Rubber bullets to shoot at homeless people. That's where we're at? Both Mitchell Farrell and Eric Garcetti are touting this as a success. They say that all of the homeless folks were offered temporary housing and a way to get back on their feet. Yet, is that the case? I'm convinced that they believe that this is true, but I would say that it's not. The reason, number one, is that Project Roomkey isn't really a solution. And it has so many constraints on it that no person that's actually homeless wants to participate. For example, you don't get a key to your room. You get let into your room by somebody that's there on the property, and you have to be in by 7 p.m. at night. That's ridiculous. But I would say the bigger issue is that it offers no structural change, and what we need is structural change. Right now, you cannot afford to live in Los Angeles on $15 an hour. It's not possible. You can't pay rent, let alone buy food. And it turns out that a lot of the folks that are living homeless in Echo Park Lake and other places are actually employed. They simply choose to be homeless because they can't afford the rent and food. And in fact, I spoke with several of the uh, residents that were students. They were going to school full time and also could not afford the rent on top of their tuition. So in addition to Project Roomkey being an absolute failure due to its um, just ridiculous parameters, Mitchell Farrell was also touting a safe parking program, which is fine if you own a car. But when you look at the flyer that he handed out that evening when, he, when they were clearing Echo Park Lake, if you flipped it over, you noticed that there was only 14 parking spots available. 14. How is that supposed to change anything? 14 parking spots. <sighs> what to do? So this week, they reopened Echo Park Lake. 
and it's still fenced in and it's still uh, accessible through only one entry and people are getting checked as they come in and there's a massive police presence there. Nonetheless, the residents that have been living there decide to throw a makeshift press conference at Echo Park Lake, which I went and recorded. I know recently we're basically like looking for a cause to kind of like get our anger and get our frustration out. It's been a long, long year. We've been hit by COVID, something that we never thought would ever, ever put the world upside down, but it did. There's a good and there's a bad. It leveled everybody out. People that were high, people that thought they were untouchable, they're right here with me. I'm one of them. I worked a good job. I had a good career. I worked my butt off because of an accident, and you don't have to believe me. But one thing I'm going to tell you, this scar, this scar right here is not equivalent to the pain I felt when this park closed down. I can give you a long list of why I became what I can, but that's not going to fix the issue. Today, today we're going to hear what was done was done. We want to know what happened. Some of the issues that we're going to talk today about are three of the simple topics. Family that was dispersed, the damage that was done to financial equivalent to the people of this park, and not only that, but I'm kind of going to change it, but like the fear that we were once known now is instilled because we've seen it. We refuse to be a police state. We refuse to be, we refuse, refuse to be governed. We are old enough people. That's why we are over 18. I'm sorry. I gave birth to six kids. You're not going to tell me how to live. Today, we're going to hear the story. We're going to hear the aftermath of everything that happened. You can see the little press conferences. You can see people coming. But when it comes to pay the piper, let's see who was here. Let's see who's been here. And that's what you're going to see today. The reality of the displacement. People are dying. And they're, you know what it is? Change the sheets, nobody came. So today, that's what it's about. Let's stop giving them attention. They have enough, they pay for it. It's time to give us some attention. Um, I'm gonna pass it on. Today we had a little coordination, but we're gonna do a little bit a cappella because I feel like nothing comes out of the heart unless it is. Uh, Phoenix, I'm gonna have him talk about what it is in the aftermath. Phoenix was a longtime resident of the encampment here. What in his personal opinion, and it gave me I had to take a breath, and I, I couldn't even call him because I was like, how do I help you? We're not allowed in the rooms. We're not. I cried because I was like, this is my family, and I am being excommunicated, but he can tell you more about that. And as things go on and as time goes on, you don't have to hear my story. Hear theirs, because they're, the they're the ones that you founded this park on. I'm going to pass it over to Phoenix. <laughs> Testing, testing, all right. Everybody hear me clear? Yeah. All right, all right, welcome, welcome. Uh, my name is uh, Leonard Averhart, but my street name is Phoenix. Um, I'm gonna just share my experience of just a lot of the bullshit that I've gone through. Um, I've been on the streets for about two years now. Um, and in that two years, I've never faced a bigger amount of disrespect and, and defamation of character and, and just lectures and dismissal on what you need to do. I was arrested by Officer Benby and Officer Kim for literally being up in a tent. And when they were handcuffing me, put me in the back of the car, they told me, oh, you have no rights. Yeah. You ain't nobody. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying? Constitution, that don't apply to you. Yeah. 
you're homeless, you don't matter. Exactly. Exactly. I'm gonna just uh, I'm gonna just get straight to the point about what I want to talk about. Um, let's call this what it is. This is gentrification. Point blank period. These politicians can spin it any way they want to spin it. I don't give a fuck about that. You know what I'm saying? We came here to tell the truth. We're like I said, we're out here living this. Not them. Not Mitchell Farrell. Not Eric Garcetti. Yep. Not Mr. Pretty Boy with the blue suit yeah. and the Disney Channel smile. Right away. That motherfucker wouldn't last one week out here. Let's call it what it is. Discrimination is what it is. Now, you'll have people say, well, man, you know, these people just need to go somewhere. They're causing a problem. They're, they're dirty. They're lazy and this, that, and the third. Let me tell you something. When you push these people other places, they got to go somewhere. And then what happens? What happens if we go to another park? We start building, we start having a community, and then they want to gentrify that area. And then they want to gentrify this area. And then it, the cycle just goes on and on and on and on. Now, we talk about America, freedom, and liberty, and justice. I ain't seeing none of that shit going on. Mitchell Farrell says he's proud to be Native American. Motherfucker, you doing what the colonizers are doing. What are we talking about? Oh, we don't we don't like the way that you're living. We don't like what you're doing. So you got to get out. We're embarrassed in front of the, the, the rich folks. We're embarrassed because we got to have the punk ass Olympics come here. What did Mitchell Farrell say? Yeah, we don't like the way it looks. Please go, go, go live in our bridge. You know, bump all that. You know, what what this is, and it's history repeating itself. Now, for all the narratives I want to say, well, we're just coming here and yelling and complaining. You got to understand, we've been through hell. Absolute hell. People are killing themselves at these project room keys, at these various uh, uh, sites here. Let's, let's drop the science on what's going on with project room key. They're telling you all oh, they got us housing and it's all happy, lovey-dovey. And when you get to these sites, they're telling you, oh, no, this is a shelter. You have no rights. You have no privacy. We're getting 7 o'clock curfews. We have no locks on our doors. We don't even have a key to our own door. We have to have somebody open the door for us like we're in uh, kindergarten. Workers are allowed to come into our rooms whenever they damn well please. I had a worker barge in on me while I was in the bathroom and then challenged me to a fight because I checked him on him. Went to my room to go talk to the supervisor. I sat there for 45 minutes, no supervisor. But it's funny, when I'm coming back, a little, 10, 15 minutes late, they're at the door like the fucking Avengers. Where was all that Avengers shit when people were dying? Where was all that Avengers shit when your workers are violating people's constitutional rights? Quick to tell us what we need to do, but there's no accountability on, on their side of the coin, on their side of the spectrum. Now, people want to say we're just here whining and complaining. As I said earlier, we got the solutions right here. How much land do we got here on, on this planet, just in Cali alone? How much abandoned land is just sitting here? 240 billion acres. Exactly. Tree. You renovate that, put some Harveys up, let people stay in there. Let people earn their keep. Say, hey, you know, we'll work something out. If, if you're low on money here, clean around the area, boom, you can stay here. The solution is all right in front of us. How many abandoned malls, schools, houses that we have just sitting here that you can fix up, 
Put, yeah, put some electricity, put some water in there, and you can fix that for about one fourth of the cost of what uh, uh, Mr. Mitch and uh, Garcetti are doing. Billy Mitchell found the greatest. Uh, what did he say? This was the one of the greatest housing efforts in history. Oh, motherfucker, you live in Disney World? Where? Where? You don't live on this planet. You don't live in this reality. We actually out here living this shit. The greatest housing effort in history, really. People dying, people uh, uh, getting barged in on. I know people that had to go back to the streets, it was so bad. They couldn't lay down in their bed for 15 minutes without a staff mo uh, member barging in on them and just fucking harassing them. That don't make any damn sense. Project room key, we don't even have our own keys. Exactly. Yeah. I, I got laying around my neck, and, and I'm with you, bro. Yeah. You know. I mean, I don't even have a routine. You that's your own key, huh? No. Project no, room key. I got my own card. Yeah. Right. All right. Look, but I don't have my own key. I want to. I want. I want. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Yeah. How are you part of a rapid rehousing program and never get housed? Right. How are you part of a prof program and never get housed? How do you have how they call it project room key? You don't get even got a key to your own house. You don't have a key. I just don't understand. Like, well, so are these false advertisements? Are these I'm false programs? Yeah, but let me tell you how it is. They're like, yeah, yeah. Let me just say this. So what it is? It's the shop. Let me tell you what the what the plan is. They're gonna kick us out, or at least try to when. Uh, uh, LA is officially reopened. They're gonna put us in these so-called uh, tiny homes. Mind you, yeah. these tiny homes are the size of a jail cell, yeah. and they're trying to put two people in there. Right. You still want to tell me this isn't carceral housing? You still want to tell me what's what's really going on here? And then for those that don't get the uh, tiny home, they're gonna be put in these safe camping sites where basically they set up a parking lot, put you in a tent and they're going to be spending $2,600 per person. How you're spending $2,600 for somebody to be in a tent, uh, I'll just tell you guys to do the math on that one. I'll tell you guys to follow the money. You probably have the numbers, right? Let's, let's really be honest about where that money is going. Not going toward the community. It's red. Why are we spending $2,600? $2,600 per person. We could have just gave him a hotel voucher. You could have put him in an apartment in some areas. A long time ago. I'm sorry. You could have bought, bought these motherfuckers their own RV. Yeah. Common, common sense solutions. But you can't expect a motherfucker that's living a Disney Channel life to understand real reality. With that first line of that, but the rest of it? You know, it's... 100%. At the end of the day, we are about being treated fairly and having equal treatment. That's, that's all we asking for. We're not asking for a million dollars. We're not asking, uh, 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 you know what I'm saying, for the world. You know what I'm saying? We are asking to be treated like human fucking beings, to have fair fucking housing, and to be given the opportunity to get our own land and get our own resources. That's another solution. If these so-called NIMBYs not in our backyard don't want us, okay, like I said, give us a fair shot to get some land. Instead of making it a huge, expensive process, you gotta jump through 50 hoops and wait two years to get some land. What kind of crap is that? To, to all the Mitchell Farrell supporters and to the NIMBYs, understand something. 
these politicians are only listening to you because you have money right now. Understand that. The moment you wake up tomorrow, your bank account shuts down and you're out here, let's see if it's still your park. <laughs> I don't want people in my backyard. Okay, when you lose money and they come to this park, let's see if you're still treated the same way. Spoiler alert, you won't be. This is, not only is it just racism, not only is it gentrification, it's class warfare. Look around you at this beautiful fucking park and we got fences out here like it's the penitentiary. And what was the first thing out of Mitch's mouth? Well, we're doing this to kick the homeless out. No, 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 no. He did that to divide you. He wants uh, rich versus poor. It's you against them mentality. See, if you want to get mad at somebody, get mad at the homeless. Mitch O'Farrell, Garcetti, all these politicians from the bottom of my heart kiss the blackest parts of my ass. We so quick to get caught up in this game of Monopoly. I gotta compete with this person. I gotta be better than this person. Uh oh, they're poor, so screw them. And while we're busy getting mad at the next person, none of us ask ourselves, who created this board to begin with? Who put us here? Should we be getting mad at the homeless while this park's looking like this, or should we be mad at the people in charge of this damn park with all the resources? We didn't bring 50 cops of security over here. Put your fair shoulders little punk ass up for two minutes and then left for a camera opportunity. Notice how none of these politicians were here last week when we did the press conference at City Hall. You know, when it comes down to, like I said before, it's class warfare. This is a fight for our freedom. This is a fight for us to be treated right and to get land and resources. <laughs> and people got to wake up and understand that. You know, we're so quick to, to judge and, 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 you know, you're the problem and this, that, and the third, not understanding this, this could be you tomorrow. How many people are sitting out here with two to three college degrees? How many people are sitting here used to go on tour with the latest bands and they're out here? This is a systematic issue. So, with that being said, this is a movement, this is a fight for our freedom. People can either put a helmet on and get in the game or they can sit on the sidelines. But understand, for those talking crap on the sidelines, don't criticize the people on the field. Okay, Mr. Disney Channel over here telling me what I need to do. He's never lived this experience in his life. So at the end of the day, it's about fair treatment. It's about being treated like human beings, plain and simple. That's all we're asking for. And if that's a problem to the establishment, then that tells you everything you need to know what's going on. That tells you this is not about money and safety. This is about control. Before you can have freedom, you have to first free your dome. And what is your dome? Your mind. You can't have hatred and, and animosity and special treatment towards your fellow human and then expect to be free in life. It doesn't work like that. So I'm gonna pass on the next next speaker and y'all have a good one. I didn't want it. Hey guys, I'm sorry for the
further. Um, really quick, like I said, you heard our testimony, and like like I said, this is one of our strongest leaders that came before me in this park. Um, see, it, it's a very different thing when you're Hispanic. You could have someone. Tr I never knew Street Watch for the life of me. Never to know that when I needed help, they're the ones that gave me that month of room key. Right now, they're the ones that gave me that hug. That was like, everything's gonna be okay. Look, I'm not perfect. Never aim to be. But you know what? Let's hear from the people that actually lived here. At the end, we're gonna go. But I ask one thing, please have patience. I know like media kind of like, oh, we're not getting the story. You won't get the story until you hear the very last person. Even the most insignificant that you might think is the most significant. Because unless you've lived it, you don't know what it is. You want to know what the problems from here are? Live them, hear them, and see them. I'm going to give uh, the mic to my my neighbor, my friend. Diana, please. Um, thank you for coming out here today, first off. Let me say that your time is very important to us and we appreciate it. Thank you for helping us spread the word about this um, very important cause because really what we're doing out here, we're doing this like for everybody. This is not just for us. Just like others... Oh, sorry about that. Um, just like others have fought for like the rights that we have right now, um, like... Um, our eight-hour weeks, weekends off, everything that other people have offered, this is another fight that we're trying to do for everybody. Because this is about, we are tired of discrimination, um, unnecessary discrimination, um, unnecessary unforced policing, really. We're tired of all that. All we're trying to do is get our life together. That's it. That's all we want. We want to be left alone. We're not asking for anything. We want to do it ourselves. And yet, we go through the systems that are designed against for us to get better. And I have, I, and it's very obvious why. This is a system that sort of needs us not to succeed. It needs us to be enclosed. It's enclosed within itself for us not to get ahead. Because they need us for, they need us to sell you a lie. A lie that they take away your money that they use it on us. They don't use that money on us. There has to be some, there has to be fraud on misappropriation of funds here. I have been into four shelters and I have told every single one of them what I needed. Allow me to come in late here. Allow me to work. That's all I ask for. Feed myself and get myself ahead out of this. In every single one of them, sorry, I was actually, and I'm sorry if I'm speaking fast, I'm just a little bit nervous and anxious, so um, bear with me. So I've been into four different shelters. None of them, have really, every one of them has worked against me. Every one single of them has actually, and I have no problem providing to anyone, media, whatever, whatever documentation and is needed to prove that every single word I say and everything I speak are actual facts. Um, it has to be made, it has to be some kind of separation fund or something because they want the money of the taxpayers and they say that they need it for programs and programs and programs and then they go and they they take all this money funding and they said that they're using it on us when in reality all they're doing is they're creating these programs they are mistreating us they are for example they're going out there saying everybody to you we have the numbers are increasing for project monkey and yet they're not disclosing that information to you about how many people they're actually throwing out to get the new people in to keep on increasing those numbers they're not disclosing those things to you they're telling you that this is what they're giving you numbers that this is how much it's costing for this to be run when in reality what they're doing is that 
they are misusing those funds. I don't know how, but the food that we get, the things that they give us, the things that they do for us, it is it's unbelievable. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I don't eat macaroni and pork. I never heard of such a thing. Like, it's the food that you, it's not even look, it's not even food. Like, I can't even explain it. So, obviously, the money is not being properly used to take care of us. Even treat us with simple respect. So, you are put in situations where you are belligerent, you are harassed over and over again, you are mistreated, and you get an attitude because you're asking for something that someone is there to, that you get getting paid for it to do, and they're taking away from their cell phones, from their personal, and happy they do their jobs. That's not what they're there for. They're there for to help us, to take care of us. Um, so there's a lot of discrimination everywhere all across the board. And there's a lot of people here with mental problems that do not need that. They need otherwise. They already got enough trauma in their in their life. They need the proper attention, the proper help. Um, and these organizations, well, I say many of them, not all of them. There are some good organizations out there who are doing an amazing job. Um, LA Street Watch is one of them. There's other ones that I might not know. Project 180, LA Door. Um, and they're, they're doing an amazing, great job. So, excuse me for rephrasing. Um, you know, I have to correct myself. However, what I'm saying is that this has been really, it took me a while to realize that because I lost my job and I couldn't work because of an, uh, because of an abusive employer, um, really messed me up mentally where I couldn't hold it together and I couldn't work anymore. I lost my apartment and next thing I know, I'm in the streets and I'm a different person. The only thing that happened is I just started having money. Nothing changed about me, except my situation. I'm starting getting harassed, I'm starting getting treated, I'm starting treating like I'm a drag addict. It's just so many horrible things that are happening out here. And it's unbelievable. I, it's unbelievable because I I come from both sides. And, I, and I've seen it, I've felt it. Um, when I started getting to this park, I was just like you guys. I was, in, I was, so, sorry. I was staying in my vehicle. Um, Trying to, I was training my vehicle. I noticed how the community was working here. And um, I had the mentality too. I'm better. I'm in my car. You know, they're over there. The drag stuff like that. I'm not going to stay alone. And then I had to, when I said that right after, I had to check myself. Because I'm like, wait, I'm out here too. What am I talking about? Hmm, I'm in my car. I'm in a better, but I'm out here too. I just have my resources. So I said, then I started seeing how they were really um, working with each other, helping each other in the kitchen and charging the phones and getting clothes and things. Um, so eventually, after meeting a few people, I was offered if I wanted to have a tent to sleep there. Um, at the beginning, I would say I rejected it because of the stigmatism that I was still on. Um, the thing I think was there for like two weeks. <laughs> and afterwards, um, when I really joined the community and I really seen that and I stepped out of the box and I did what I did, I, it was an experience for me. It was really an experience for me um, because I get to be part of the community that we kept each other safe. We look after each other. We were not asking for anybody. We didn't want any, anybody to do anything for us. Um, we just wanted to get out of the situation and help others in our situation because not unless you go through the situation, you don't understand what it is like. You can comprehend it as much as you want to and you can think you do, but you do not. And anybody who has gone to this situation knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so.
So, sorry, excuse me, I catch my breath. With that said in mind, when I became part of the community, there were a lot of things that happened um, that I really enjoyed. For example, is that I really did not care about stigmatism, about judgment, about anybody. I became happy with the person that I became, with what I was doing every day. And the rest fell up. The rest, what anybody had to say about anything, it didn't matter to me. So I really, I'm here because I want everybody to know and understand one thing. If you're not part of the problem, I mean, if you're not part of the solution, I'm sorry about that, you're part of the problem. So if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. I'm sorry for that. You don't have to do and nobody has to do absolutely um, nothing to do. You don't have to do anything for anybody. You know, we're all individuals ourselves. But the, what you do have to do is you do have to stop the stereotyping, the stigmatism, the looking down on people. Just give them a, give them a simple smile. That, that's enough. That's it. You got, everybody can give a smile, right? You can look at somebody, give them a smile, make your day better, and make their day better. So I have a thing that I always say, and I live by this. You know, Don't look down upon somebody unless you're giving them your hand to get them back up. Thank you so much. You've heard an experience of someone, and honestly, like I want to, I want to ask you guys a question. If you were to look at her, would you guys think that she's homeless? No. You know why? Because being homeless, being poor, being in house is not a crime. That doesn't make us criminals. That doesn't make us dirty. That doesn't make us less than anybody. I'm still here, and I look as nice as you guys, and I take a shower every day. Don't judge what you see based on that. Get to know someone. Um, Really quickly, if I want to introduce someone that was one of our newest arrivals to the park, but she, she kind of brought like a, you know, like a special touch, and we always were glad to see her. We were always glad to talk to her. Um, she, honestly, I want to. I don't think I've ever told her that, but I'm quite proud of her because everything she dealt with, she held inside, and she would come out whenever she needed to see a smile. But she, I, I want to say that she knew that she could because we were here. Please, I want to give everybody, um, my friend Celine, so she can give her experience. It's a little difficult for her, but please. Hello. Hi, yeah, um, my experience, uh, how I ended up in the park is, um, I was a, a victim of abuse and, um, I contacted the domestic violence um, hotline and they said uh, all the shelters were full. So I had basically um, nowhere else to go. So uh, someone told me about this place, so I came here. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised um, how they run and organized everything. I was really impressed with that. Um, I'm not a drug user. Uh, I don't even really smoke a drink and um, I don't think I have any mental health issues um, so the like the labeling and stigmatization uh, you know that homeless people are like that is actually incorrect um, uh, I mean I found it was a very pleasant community I actually felt very safe here. Um, the, ma the majority of people were very good people. Uh, we all helped each other. 
we had uh, plenty of food donations and uh, I had a you know a very pleasant experience here um, you know uh, I'm, I'm against these travel bloggers coming here for one day with their own agenda and you know biased against you know homeless people and just coming here and labeling us as criminals you know as drug addicts just for their own you know agenda that i that i felt personally was very wrong um they don't they don't you know tell the whole story they give a very you know again very you know negative they give a very negative picture of homelessness um i mean i'm currently staying in the hotel at the moment the grand uh, it's um it's not i mean it's very isolating there we ha we we have our own room and uh we're not really allowed to kind of talk to each other or see each other and we're only, you know, we're only allowed in the smoking area for 10 minutes. So it's very isolating there, which is, um, that's very, you know, bad for people that have mental health issues. I mean, they put people there, you know, you know, they, they talk about mental health issues, but they don't um, seem to, uh, you know, correct, you know, correct that or have an adequate uh, treatment or um, program for that. They just round people up and put them, you know, you know, in here and don't, you know, you know, it seems like, it, to me, it seems like they're just recycled out and put back out on the street and that's a very bad system that they have. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, I I, I want to say thank you one more time, and I'm gonna say this for the special channel, like Spanish channel. Les quiero agradecer el tiempo que están tomando para venir hoy a oír lo que ha pasado a consecuencia del desplazamiento de muchas de las personas que vivieron aquí. Ya no estamos peleando por lo que pasó. Ya no estamos peleando por quién se fue, qué qué se destruyó, qué se tiró. Estamos peleando porque gente se está muriendo en estos cuartos que la ciudad los puso. Y aparte de eso, que una comunidad no solamente desplazaron a 150 personas, desplazaron a la familia de esos 50, 50, 150 personas. Ok, um, rápidamente les quiero introducir a otra persona que um, ha influenciado mucho. Y saben que toma mucho decir, es que hubiera, quise, pude, pero no lo hice. And I'm going to say that in English because I think it's worth it. You know, it's a lot if you say, I could have, I should have, I would have. But you didn't. We didn't. This is a new start. This isn't about Mitch right now. This isn't about us. This is about the park. Yeah. We need to find a new future for the park. This is a clean start, right? I mean, I don't see where the billions of dollars that he invested went into, but it's a clean start, right? No. Start off by mending off the people that you kicked up and sw swoop under, sweep under the rug when this park was habited. Yeah. 
This fence is only symbolic to you. If you don't tear it down, somebody from our community will, or you'll end up doing it yourself. You know why? This is our park. This is not your park. This is a place of nature, of healing, and of serenity, and of family, and that's what we're going to enforce. I don't. I, please have patience. Like I said, bear with me. It might be long, or you might not know, but like someone said, previous to me if you don't live it if you haven't endured it you don't know the pain of it put yourself in someone else's shoes shoes give five more minutes get ten more minutes to a story that might just catch your eye it did me and that's why i'm here next up i want to call Cece. she's one of our strongest warriors and honestly when i feel like i'm down she gets me right back up staying at Echo Park for seven months um, because uh, I actually had housing during Corona but um, my house is an unsafe shelter for me because of my background and what I've been through. Like what Mitchell Farrell and Eric Garcetti don't acknowledge about affordable housing, first of all that's a myth. Like there are no affordable houses left yeah. in this state. Like can we just take a moment to yeah. acknowledge that? That like they're sending us out here after false hopes. It's a lie. And then second of all, it's not acknowledging that these kinds of structures don't work after you've been outside. Like after you've been unsheltered, after you, if you've gone through the kind of shit that we've gone through. Like after you've been incarcerated, after you've lost your dignity, your ability to take care of yourself because the police are taking it out of your hands in different carceral settings. Because I'm telling you, like, my friends up in these hotel rooms, like, the way they're describing it to me, these are carceral conditions. People aren't allowed to have friends up there. If you've been locked up and separated from your friends and family, like, you know what kind of mental torture that is to not be able to see your friends, your family, and your community. And that's the other thing is that, like, just because we've stayed in this park, just because we advocated for ourselves during corona, just because we had a pantry and a kitchen and showers and a garden, just because we were able to spend time together and create these things that we imagined up together and then brought them into reality, and now they want to separate us. They want to put us up into these hotel rooms because we were solving these issues when the city gave us nothing. We were providing our own masks, hygiene kits, uh, what's it called, hand washing. And now they're profiling us as dirty. They displaced us from the park violently. They arrested hundreds of people who came out to support us, our neighbors who were providing for us during Corona. It wasn't coming out of Garcetti's pockets. It wasn't coming out of O'Farrell's tax dollars, whatever, how he makes his money. It was coming from the community and they arrested us and locked us up just for defending what we had created together because we were figuring out the, how to solve these problems that come around the lack of affordable housing in California. Because these houses lock us up and keep us separate so then we turn on one another and we think that homeless people, just people who stay outside are pariahs, that they're dirty. Like, since this time, I'm not kidding you, like, people have been spreading lies that people from Echo are carrying lice and scabies into shelters. How about that? When they took away, when they destroyed our shower, they kicked us out of here the day they took our showers out. It's just, like, that kind of hypocrisy, like, that takes away, like, they're just trying to erase the fact that we are actually a family, that we actually are a community here, 
and that we are a community of neighbors who really took care of each other during these challenging times. And like, honestly, it's been, it's been rough, but like, I'm just really hopeful today that we're all able to stand up here together again. And it just feels really good to be up here with people who um, I saw before and just to know that we're, we're able to be back together and standing here together today. So yeah, thank you for being here. if you hear anger if you're just like what the hell is because people are tired i am tired i'm not gonna do you know what happened like maybe like half an hour ago there's a difference between police restraining and police abusing i'm sorry you know i just I, when a cop comes under my shoulder right here and tells me to stop, but when he squishes two times on my breast, I'm sorry. And you know what's gonna happen? Nothing. This officer cut my breast while I was going over there, trying to stop him from hurting one of my co-protesters. And he let him, we have it on camera. I let him know twice, don't touch my breast. And I'm looking at him like, you just touched, you just squished, squished my breast. It goes down to a simple noun of kindergarten. They are under the best disguise they can. There is no greater gang in LA than the blue gang. We did not segregate ourselves. We did not push each other aside. We did not go out of our boundaries. They pushed us out. I just kind of want to add one more thing. Everybody that he, you know what? You guys think, you know, this isn't easy. This is the first time I run something. But you know what? I want to give thanks to everybody. To you guys that are enduring the sun. To you guys that are hearing. To someone that catch their eye. To this person right here. Who that night that I got swept up. Took me to my hotel room to make sure I didn't have to sleep in the street. This one right here. He doesn't ask nothing. But you know what? I consider him one of my best and closest friends. Friends aren't what you have when you need trouble or when you have trouble. Friends are the ones that give you a blanket, a plate of food. Right. They didn't give anything. On the contrary, they stopped organizations from coming. You never went hungry. You never went cold. You never needed a friend here. But they stopped all that. You know what the worst thing is? Nobody won with this park closure. We all lost. If you're not making their millions, you're not on the pay grade. Thank you. Really quickly, um, I'm going to also um, ask one more. Um, we're going to have like two or three more testimonies, but whoa, really quickly before I forget, my partner and I have not made this shy. The reason why I did not take Project Room Key because I am a grown-ass woman. I'm 32. I, I gave birth to five kids and one granddaughter, and yeah, I'm 32. I do the math. The circumstances, I fought it, and I went over that too. I'm proud. I'm proud because I know deep, in the, deep down inside, they know what I'm fighting for, but on a quick note, Wall Street couldn't be here today because he had to take care of some uh, other issues. But one thing, and I'm going to quote him, he says, why is it called Project Room Key? It should be called Project No Key. People don't have rooms. People don't have keys to their own room. You don't have privacy. You could be taking a shit and they'll barge in on you. And they're going to tell you, you should be grateful because we're giving you a roof. I'd rather live in the street. Exactly. I'm sorry, but I'm an immigrant. I'm, for those of you that know the legalities of it, when you do taxes with an I-10, you don't get the you don't get the full amount. You get one third of it. And yet, every year since I was 16 and before that, I went downtown and I sold corn ever since I was six years old. My mother, you want to know who the best president of this country is? An undocumented 
in my opinion, a Mexican woman because she can feed a child with $5. She can feed a whole family with $6. She can make a Thanksgiving a feast with nothing but scraps. If you don't care about yourself, how can you pretend to care about your community? These are people that are in your community, your neighbors. You see them every morning. I used to be your neighbor and now I'm here. Care for yourself. Because at this point, nobody else does. Pandemic, we lost everything. Financially, we lost everything. We're equal. Now we are equal. And the people that pretend that we're not, they're living in a lie. Really quickly, I want to introduce someone else. But again, to quote Wall Street, he says it should be called Project Noki because you have no freedom except carceral, car, carceral. carceral housing. I want hang, I want house keys, not handcuffs. How you guys doing? Woo! I'm from Miami. Woo! Woo! I'm from Miami, Florida. I came out here for school and music. Criminal justice student, certified in phlebotomy and EKG. Um, I've been out here for about two and a half years. I stayed right over there. And um, the part, I was brought here because, uh, well, when I became homeless, I became homeless because of COVID. The first day, the first day, literally, when I bought a tent and I placed it in Skid Row. The first day, I placed a tent in Skid Row. I actually work in um, Martin Luther King Hospital uh, as a server down in the basement. Where we serve, you know, patients, the COVID patients and all that stuff or whatever. Um, the moment I came back, all of my stuff was gone. The whole tent, like it was never there. I heard about this park and then I came. Ever since I came to this park, I didn't have any problems. But when there were problems here, there were um, a group of us, small handful, me, Cece, Iman, Ashley. We started Echo Park Rise Up, where we were, where we were receiving donate donations, food, money, whatever was uh, well, whatever was needed, and um, we supplied everyone here who was mentally disabled or physically, and. Uh, until they all, you know, until the government took it away. Mitchell Farrell and whatever his name is, you know. Um, this was not a bad community. This was a community where people looked to and this was a community where people came and said, yo, my stuff is going to be safe here. My body, my mind is going to be safe here. Because mind you, I still go to school. Like, you know, like, I'm a criminal justice student. No one in my school knows I'm homeless. Well, now they probably will at the 8 o'clock news, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, for a long time, I've been thinking about if I actually wanted to come in front of camera and actually say this and talk to the people. But I have to let you guys know that they're not treating us well. I'm one of the ones that's living in the Hotel Grand, the Grand L.A., and... Um, it's not fair how they're treating us. Mind you, I said I'm a criminal justice student, so I know what's right and wrong, right? So they're not treating us like humans. They don't feed us like humans. 
Mind you, I also said that I'm a phlebotomist and to EKG technician, meaning I'm a medical assistant. I know what's healthy. I I know what's I know that they would not feed the president or their children that stuff. In the past, when I was living in Miami, yeah, I've I've been in jail before, and that is the same as jail food. But to be honest, they feed you way more servings better servings of course in jail than inside the la grant is that fair to us no i'm not gonna lie the people of the community when they came and donated to the kitchen way over there we were, we were eating good i mean sometimes we had steak fish shrimp you know what i'm saying some of the vegan restaurants actually came around and donated to us you know what i'm saying every wednesday Friday, we had meetings about what should take place. How can it be safe? What we're going to do? How we're going to clean? It's not fair that, you know, um, they're just saying all these things without giving the proof and the facts. Because we all know that, you know, it's like probably, I might be wrong, but 80% lies and 20% truth. But everything that you hear today is the truth from the ones who's actually living it, who was living in the uh, Grand Hotel, who was living out here in this park. Everything is real. You know, it's not fake. Anyone can end up in this situation. I never thought that I would be homeless coming here into California. I'm from Miami, Florida, mind you. And I go to school and I work. I have five different jobs, literally. And during the during the start of COVID, I couldn't work at least four of them because why? Because they um they stopped everything. Everything was um they had an emergency uh what they call it a uh, lockdown at the beginning of COVID. So it stopped everything for a long time for me financially. I could have still been in my home, um, but I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I'm living in um, the LA Grand, and I'm just, I, I just really, I'm just really glad that I came here to tell my story, so you guys can really understand and feel both sides. You know what I'm saying? Because like, without an understanding, you guys will never know. You're only gonna know what the media tells you, and what Mitchell Farrell and Garcetti is gonna say. That's all I have to say. Thank you very much. Guys, I'm sorry if I'm laughing, but that was one of the greatest examples of free will coming on through. He paid his dues. He has a right to come on through. That's right. All right, really quickly, guys, I'm going to um, have a um, so, something that was brought to my attention that I think we haven't emphasized because you guys think homeless, and that's general. I know someone brought up a very good uh, point to me, and which is one of the reasons why I've been fighting women. And I'm going to make it as brutal and as honest as you can so you can see the difficulty. There are women here that use books for tampons. There are women here that use shirts and cut them up and use for pads. There are women... That's another bad thing about the hotel is that they, didn't have, they don't have any of that that we used to get. And women, so I'm sorry, you're putting women in a house where they don't have tampons? Even since before we have a right, our had our women's rights, we had tampons, we had pads. 
Yeah. I'm sorry, but and they you know that's that in the hotel. That's another way. That's so I'm so, you're saying you have we have to limit ourselves into our job, our income, because we have to be in from seven to seven or from twelve to four. We're supposed to have and make an income and have a good salary. We don't even afford enough to buy pads. How sad is that? Just to keep that for food for thought, another, um, I want to just introduce someone really quick. Um, honestly, I hadn't, I've heard of him, but I hadn't really met him until today. And the devotion and the passion that he showed, he brought a certain point to me. It doesn't matter if you grew up here. My 30 years here don't matter. If you care about this community and you have a heart, you're in the right place. Please, please give it up for my friend. Um, Jay. Jonathan Bresco. Um, we'll give you guys a short backdrop of my story. Um, I was released from prison two years ago. Um, since then, I've done everything in my power to get out of the situation of being homeless. Um, I was working a 12-hour. I was working a job. I got into the rapid rehousing program. Rapid rehousing. The rapid rehousing program. I was in path. Um, I was in path. Um, after that, while I was in that program, I was also involved in a, a community bridges program where they're supposed to help you get back on your feet. While I was in that program, uh, my mail was being taken from me. Um, I had people being accused of stuff happening to me in this facility. Um, I ended up having my stuff being stolen from this facility. When I tried to go get my stuff, I was, it, was, it was taken from me. Um, so once that situation happened to me, um, I ended up going to school. Okay, so while I'm, while I'm in school, I'm in school. Um, I end up getting a job, I'm working 12 hour shifts. Um, while during that time, I'm seeking housing, desperately seeking housing. Um, I'm, I'm applying for housing and so forth. Um, I'm getting denied for housing. They're simply telling me because of my background history and because of I have no rental history. I had $3,600 saved up at the time while I'm paying for rooms so I won't end up on the street. Um, due to the pandemic, I ended up losing my job at the time. I was a super med rep. Um, now I'm still finishing my externship, um, but now I'm sleeping on buses. I end up having to resort to sleeping in a tent again. Um, and to me, it's just unnecessary. Um, I'm, to me, it's just like this brother here, we're doing positive things. And we're still in a situation that is systematically designed for us to fail. Um, there's no help. I've, I've literally asked everyone that I can think of that's in power or in charge, can you please help me get out of the situation? And they have not helped me. So when I sit here and I look around at my fellow brothers, and my fellow sisters out here who are on the streets, because this, this isn't just me. I at one time had my family out here struggling. So when I sit here and I tell you that this is unnecessary, it's inhumane, there's no love, there's no compassion. Um, it's, it's way past discrimination. It's hatred. It's hatred for a gate to be around the fence. It's hatred for people to look at people on the streets or on the trains or and just walk past them like they're not nothing. Um, let's really look at the problem here. First of all, uh, pandemic. Um, what? We don't have no restrooms. Um, we can't go to the restroom anywhere. So why are you mad if there's shit and pee everywhere? Excuse my language. When there's nowhere to even use the restroom. Um, showers. Where can we publicly shower if we're homeless? Where at? Um, the only way that you can publicly shower that I know of is you get a gym membership or anything like that. Other than that, these people can't shower. It's inhumane for these people not to have these things taken care of on a daily basis. And let's talk about the women. I'm pretty sure that they're facing so many different predators, not only just um, criminally, I'm talking about police, 
Just because they have a badge does not make them honest. Does not make them innocent. Yes. What? What? what why do y'all think they have a badge? Why do y'all think that because they have a badge, they they know better than anyone? They're human beings. They have behaviors and they have systematic problems like everyone else. They're not better than nobody. These are the things that I feel that need to be addressed. These are the things that need to be taken care of. If there's people in charge, how come they're not doing the job? If we're paying taxes, if we're if we're going if we're if we're going to work, if we're going to school, we should not be on the street. If we're if we're doing these things to systematically get out of this situation that truthfully, I don't think any of these people deserve to be in. I don't think no human I wouldn't wish this situation on any one human being, period. No one deserves to go like go through this, no one deserves to feel like they're less than nothing. No one deserves to have any of these emotions go through their vibration of their body or their soul. I personally think that it's a time for a change now, an urgency, so that we can see that the situation is needed of love and compassion for not just the community, but for one another as human beings. That's all I have to say today. Alright guys, so like again, you're you hearing stories that, you know, sometimes when I see this press conference, you know, I know it's deadline and, you know, you need to let go. But honestly, you may see it and I'm thankful for the, for the group that stayed. You know why? Because um, I'm going to share a little surprising event we're going to be having within the couple coming weeks. And that, that event, you will not only see us. You almost see double the people that were here on March 24th. Um, we have three more speakers before we wrap up really quick, but I want to give like one minute to one topic that kind of hits home, and I'm gonna say why. My life is not a secret for anybody, just because I don't want no one pulling up dirt for me. Three, four days ago, I had to pick a, I had to pick a picture out of a lineup. On January 30th, while I was looking for work, not here because I, we were already getting stories that we couldn't be here, and I didn't want to get arrested, so I had to leave. I left for maybe like one less than a week. I ended up getting raped. Not here. <laughs> Over there, like where, you know, it's supposed to be nice and safe and where it was. Where there's cameras and where there's police coming all around. Where were they when I had to pick up that lineup? Where were they when I woke up at 4 in the morning? Not knowing what the hell happened to me. Like I said, I can give you a long list of why people end up there. Our circumstances do not defy our situation. We are human. We are not criminals. <laughs> we are not breaking any laws. We are not here to steal. All we want is a good, running, legitimate, affordable, long-lasting start, which is what everybody wants. You tell me if someone does not perpetrate your home with your children, will you not defend it? We have been ripped from our land for many years. I, I have been told I have no right. I have been told I have no voice. I found my voice. Yes. The group that you see now is going to be nothing to the group that's going to come. And you know what? At the end of the day, what we want and what we end up walking away say, excuse me, but I'm going to say this. Yeah, bitch. We're here. You took our money. We stayed here. Put that gas money into good use. Feed the kids from this community. Because you, you didn't displace adults. You displaced at least five children from this park that we all watched out for. We all knew where those kids were. 
I personally help them take out the trailer, restart it, because no one could use, I'm an electrician, so I know how to use power tools, and I know how to use the words. Really quickly, I'm going to pass you over to one more, per, uh, to a few more people. Um, she wants to give a point, which I think is, you know, very important. Um, she, she's going to share that with us really quick. After that, we have uh, two more speakers, and then um, we're going to end up with basically what, what the goals, what came out of it, and the fact that if we want to make an improvement, all of us, you know what? Even him, <laughs> he wants to even show his face. He needs to do some redemption, and we're going to hold him to it. <laughs> On my blood, I'm going to hold him to it. And that's the blood of my native ancestors, my mother from, that's India Yaki, my father that's Wakanyan, my mother that's all corn, my dad that's all shoes, my children that played on these grass, that ran on these fields, <laughs> and me that protected this home even before you guys came. Um, well, thank you. So I came back to the microphone because I wanted to say something that I might have forgot earlier. So Echo Park was a community that we kept each other safe. Now, here's a reason I know you guys are, for all of you who are, all of you guys who are very smart and intelligent, which most of you, all of you here, if you ask yourself, how long have you had Skid Row there? A long time. How come they don't get rid of it? And I'm gonna tell you why. When COVID hit, the government and all of these agencies basically disregarded us. They closed everything down. In LA, there is a spot called Refresh. The only spot in all LA County for all homeless to go to, okay? And they shut it down for two to three months. So they basically said to other homeless people, screw you. Now, when COVID pandemic started, this is when all of it began. So the world shut us down. And I'm going to tell you why they're spending so much money, some energy to really attack us and threaten us out. Because we are a threat. And I'm going to tell you how we are a threat. Okay? During COVID, when we were shut down, the whole world shut, shut, down, shut us down entirely, we became a community and we survived and we thrived with each other, yes. with the community, with the resources that we have. So while the government was telling everybody, stay in your home, you need us, we protect you, we do this, so go home and panicking everybody out and left us out out here and left us scared like we were going to die next, we did the opposite. We united together, we survived, and we thrived. So that's why we are a threat, because for the world to see what we can do, that there's no government agency that you need to protect you, that you can work with your neighbors and your community uh, to keep you safe and to succeed and to keep to succeed and to thrive. So that's why they're spending $2 million on the police here. That's why they're doing everything that they're doing. They don't want you to see what, what we're capable of as independent thinkers, as human beings. They want you to see, let me tell you why they haven't gotten rid of Skiro. They haven't gotten rid of Skiro because that's what is needed to sell you the lie that they're selling you, to take away the money, to tell you that we are a problem and that they are fixing it. No, they are the problem. Okay, they're using us, our situation, and created an enclosed system for us not to get out of here so they can keep on bidding benefit you, selling you lies. They're all here, it's only drugs. I'm so sorry. No. If you are really smart and you cannot, um, oh, it's only drugs? Then you got to be stupid. I'm sorry. But you can smart and realize that there's people out here who are doing drugs. There's people out here who are mental health. There's people who don't have family. There's teenagers, all kinds. However, is that that's the reason why it's spending so much energy, so much money doing what they're doing. Because we are a threat what we did when the world shut us out. We came together. We worked together as a community. We survived and we thrived. In the world and everybody was seeing it in the park. We were not 
if you go to if you go to, if anybody goes to Skiro, that thing has been there for 20 30 years that just google talk to people the horrible things that happen every single day nothing compared to what's happening here what we had here was a safe community we kept women safe where can you go to keep women safe that's the reason why I joined the committee. That's why my story, her story, and her story aligns. That's why I joined them. That's why I invested my time and my money and everything, energy that I got for this fight right now. Because I'm doing also this. I have children. I have, and I want them. I want to change the world for all of us. And going through this, it's really, it's sickening. So I want everybody to know that we need your help. We need your support because we cannot do this without you. And we are here if you to tell you the truth about what's really going on in this whole system that you are being lied to by the government agencies and politicians and everybody. And here's one last thing that I would like to say. Um, it is a very key point. The most important person in all of our communities is your local politician, like this guy. He can make your life a living nightmare. Presidents, governors, all I have, you'll never know. They don't never, nothing with you. Your local politician is the one that matters. So if we want to create change, that's how we need to create change. Thank you for your time and thank you for everything again. All right, guys, once again, I want to thank you guys for your patience. Like I said, I mean, if you see frustration and if you see everybody, want, everybody wants to say what they've gone through in like two minutes, but realistically, it's impossible. But I want you guys to see the frustration. Look, you're going to only live it and see it a hundred times over. Hear it so we can understand it. Um, really quickly, we have another member. He's going to give his testimony in Spanish. And I can tell you, <laughs> I've been here for 30 years. And this man, I grew up seeing him work at my closest market. Um, please, one of our strongest leaders and one of our strongest Mexican leaders that I have ever known. And honestly, someone that I inspire to be every day because... When you're tired, you're tired. When you need to eat, you're gonna eat. When you need to take shelter, you're gonna take shelter. And I'm sorry if you see no cover up in our voices. We're kinda tired. Uh, once again, I wanna show you, uh, I wanna introduce you guys to Gustavo. He actually helped uh, run one of our greatest achievements here. For those of you that didn't know, we had kitchen, we had a garden, we had, there was books, we had a power-up table provided by Street uh, Streetwatch Echo Park. We had everything we ever needed. You never went hungry. We had spiritual food, we had a church, we had friends, we had a congregation. We had everything that no society, no city, no place right now has because they're in it for themselves. We're in it to make sure our neighbors don't go hungry, don't go cold, and have some kind of peace after the mental hardship that you've gone to. Once again, I want to introduce you guys to Gustavo. Please give him a round of applause. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Hello, my name is Gustavo Tsoi. Uh, no, I'm going to say this in English. Hi, my name is Gustavo Tsoi. I want to, I want, just want to appreciate every single one of you for being here. There's a reason for us to be here. You, the media, are here for a reason. We are here for a reason. You are here to find out the truth. We are the truth. And this is really, this is what's really happening. We have, we are being discriminated. Why? Because we have nowhere to sleep, nowhere at all. And that's not right. Instead of judging us, we are drunk, uh, 
drug users, this and that.
I've been seeing my people kicked out, moms and pop shots, shops that made you guys happy, that made your grandparents happy, made everybody happy. Where are they? I'm barely even paying their mortgages or our neighbors. My mother sold corn for 16 years. My, pr my dad proudly sold shoes. I am proud to say I'm Mexican. But you know what? Are you proud to be you? If you care about yourself, you're going to care about this community. You're going to take care of it. It doesn't matter if you're white, you're black, you're Asian, you're It doesn't matter no more. If you were displaced, if you came to this park looking for mental, mental sanity, for anything, and you found that gate, they were against you too. Do something about it. Really quickly again, I'm going to introduce and I'm, we're going to wrap up really quick. Um, I want to um, again bring up Phoenix because like I said, part of this that descended as of this is called UTAC. Um, it's an organization that basically is a baby right now, but basically what we're saying is, okay, you put us in rooms, we followed it. 20 people, if not, have died. Over one third of them have mental illness. They highlight the overdoses in the park. They don't talk one about third. overdoses in the hotel. Exactly, and they don't Why? even have Narcan to fucking counter, I'm sorry, counter solution that. The people there are not trained for anything except antagonizing the people there uh, i'm gonna leave phoenix just because you know like i want to keep you guys you know like on a time um loop and also i can speak for hours walk around the park and just imagine what i walk around i'm undocumented i got no papers i'm an electrician but that don't mean crap that don't mean anything i'm an inside journeyman i was getting paid 68 an hour now i don't get nothing I'm negative, and still yet, I don't ask anything from them. If you're not gonna take from us, if you're not gonna give us, don't take from us. Once again, I wanna introduce Phoenix, who's one of our strongest leaders, and he's one of the leaders from UTAC. Let's give everybody here a round of applause and show it up today. Came out, we did our thing today. Yes, sir. <laughs> wanna thank everybody out here that showed up, that spoke their mind, that had something to say. You know, um, sorry, I'm fucking up here. Uh, <laughs> you know, what it all comes down to at the end of the day is what everybody's been saying here. This was a community. These politicians can spin all the, uh, the bull crap they want to spin and say, we saved you. You didn't save us from jack shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You didn't save us from nothing. It's, again, it is a product of cultural conditioning. Well, you're broke, so you need help. You're broke, so there must be something wrong with you. Isn't that what the colonizers did to the Native Americans, to our ancestors, to my ancestors? Oh, they're savages because they're living life different than how we envision it. So there must be something wrong with them. It comes down to we had a community and it scared the shit out of them. What it comes down to is we were taking care of ourselves. We had the community gardens. We had, I used to box out here with brothers. I used to train out here. We used to, you know, go over today's mathematics. We used to instill knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. I talked with brothers that, uh, uh, and, and shout out to Devon. I went back out to the East Coast. You know, he was saying, I want to build a school for these kids. Let's teach these kids the real history. How can you have a grasp and an understanding of the world if you don't know who you are? I stand tall as the Asiatic black man right here. I'm proud of who the hell I am. I'm proud of these two brothers coming out here and speaking they peace. Because let's call this what it is. It's gentrification, and the brother said it best. It's pure hate. 
Well, if you guys just leave, if you guys just go along with the bullshit, let me tell y'all something. History is a motherfucker. Facts. <laughs> I mean, history is a motherfucker. Let's take it back to Tulsa, Oklahoma, when a bunch of brothers and sisters built, built their own uh, land and had their resources and were feeding themselves, and the government came and set their shit on fire. What was the excuse then? Well, you're in our public parks. You're in it. No, no, no. They bought their own land. They put their blood, sweat, and tears into building their foundation, and the government still came after them. What it is Class warfare Capitalism If you look up the constitution in 1871 It tells you America is still A crown colony to England They're telling you This is a corporation We don't give a fuck about your needs Who is you? Why do you think Let's show and prove Because I know people are going to throw out the word Conspiracy which anything man-made is a conspiracy. All the word conspire means is to plan. <laughs> this fact. is a conspiracy. Somebody planned to create a notebook. A Somebody wow. planned to build a cell phone. What are we talking about? <laughs> Why do you think cops have a quota? When they say protect and serve, that's to protect and serve the United States Corporation, not the people. What you thought this was? When you have a quota, that means what? You are working for a corporation. You know, it's funny. There was a time where Mitchell Farrell and a lot of these rich folks, they don't want to know what had anything to do with this park. Or MacArthur or any of these other parks. Now, all of a sudden, they want to come in and slide on in and make themselves cozy. Not in my backyard. Last time I checked, the earth was for all of us, not... Who's who's rich and who's this and who's that? I have to say something. In my 30 years of life here, I have yet to see a cop in bike here in my life. I have not even more people getting murdered down the street. I had yet to see horses here. Yeah. What kind of game are you pulling? They ain't gonna be here all day. They're yeah. just trying to pull a stunt, and you know what? We see right through them because they get paid for it. We don't. Yeah. Let me uh, let me finish this up. But um, yeah. What she said, you know. The pawns to the game. You know? <laughs> the reason why they came after this shit now is because they saw people organizing. They saw people building and said, oh no, we can't have this. Who do you think y'all are? It's so beautiful, you know. Today's date is 26. Today's mathematics is wisdom and quality. All being born to build or destroy. 2 plus 6 equals 8. 8 gives you your build to destroy. And how perfectly fitting. You saw that play out in action today, didn't y'all? You saw the people like us who are living this, who are here to build. I gave you a whole list of solutions. And you saw these Disney Channel motherfuckers over here to destroy. Which takes us back to this day, build to destroy. There are those that are going to be here to build. There are those that are going to come with solutions. And there are going to be those that are here to destroy. Which are you? <laughs> There's no neutral. You, you're either in this or you're not. As a black man, trust me, I know. I know. I know what it's like to be disrespected, discredited. 
gang. You know, it's funny. They say, you know, oh, you, you don't have anything to contribute. It's a money thing. Who do you think's making most of your fucking money? Who's, who's on, when you look at most of these sports teams, who is on most of these teams? Black men. But it's funny, we good enough when we shoot in a three-pointer. Oh, we good enough when we throw in a 60-yard bomb for a touchdown. But when it's time to speak our shit and we go through our struggles, oh, you're just a complainer. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, King. You're a terrorist. Black nationalism. You're emotional. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're emotional. We just had a brother in George Floyd get killed last year. It took a whole year to arrest this fucking killer. And here's the kicker. The, the Asian hate thing, and I'm not, I'm not crapping on it. But you see how quick they passed that bill. Hey, the hate. Don't mess with those Asians. We had a black man killed on national television. Where is our, our laws and bills being passed at? I don't want to make this all about race because the worst word race means competition. And this is what it all comes down to. We are the pieces on the monopoly board. Instead of getting mad, instead of competing and saying, I'm better than this person and I'm better than you. Ask yourself, who put us on this motherfucker? Who put us on this monopoly board to begin with? Indigenous people built this shit. We built America. From the blacks and the Mexicans and the Latinos on down up. So for these rich motherfuckers to come in and say, yeah, we don't want you in here because we're embarrassed and we're uncomfortable. Well, you know, if you're uncomfortable, take your punk ass to Sesame Street. How about that? We are human beings. We have every right just to be here, just as y'all do. Going back to today's mathematics bill to destroy it. We showed you the bandits. We showed you the solutions. We got land just sitting here saying, hey, use me. I'm here. Abandoned schools, abandoned malls. Hey, use me. It's funny. Y'all got time to hire all these cops and pay them $65 an hour to police you, but you don't have time to house people? How much gas cost for that fucking helicopter that was flying over about an hour ago? That was probably 10 homes just right there, just off of one smooth flight. See the ways and actions. You're gonna see who's here to build, who's here to destroy. We still here. Them Disney Channel motherfuckers is gone. Mr. Mr. Nice Man with the clean suit, he's gone. I didn't hear not one solution come out of his mouth other than, well, you're the problem. You need to move. You need to. People are feeling uncomfortable. Let me ask y'all something. That was the case. We're such bad criminals. We're such thugs and shit. Why do we have so many people going out their way to feed us and feed us good? Exactly. We was eating like Bobby motherfucking Flay. Like Emerald goddamn Lagasse. <laughs> giving us blankets, giving us shelter. I, I had people just come to our tent and just talk. Hey, I just want to share some knowledge and wisdom with you, man. You got to have knowledge and wisdom in order to have an understanding. One plus two equals three. It's a simple mathematics. How can you say you have a solution to the problem you do not understand that you've never been a part of? The community had was love, and it was just that community, unity. If people were truly that terrified, terrorized, they wouldn't come within five feet of us. 
you know, it, again, at the end of the day, it's about ways and actions. Let's not listen to the words. Let's not blindly say, let's not blindly turn to the television and say, well, Anderson Cooper said, we have our own minds. Let's, let's do the research. Let's think for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell people every day, do the research and think. We shouldn't be blind. I don't even want you to blind listen to everything I'm saying. Go do the research for yourself. Look up that Constitution of 1871. Look up what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma. History books don't lie. What this really was was an act of terrorism. We were here minding our business, taking care of ourselves, and they said, no, 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 you got to do it under our watch, under our thumb, under how we want you to do it. So we can paint the narrative. That's all good. Let the corrupt be the corrupt. My uncle used to tell me a great saying. He said, let the grasshoppers talk and let the ants continue to build. When winter comes, we're going to see who's looking stupid. Grasshoppers love to do a lot of this. And meanwhile, the ants were what? Building storing food and when winter came oh you knew what time it was the universe is a, is a great teacher ain't it but the only way the universe works is if what you and I verse knowledge wisdom and understanding the only way it works is if we show up so I encourage people to watch everything to study ways and actions to come up with your own conclusions Start your own attack. Start your own street watch. Start, start whatever. Because at the end of the day, it's land and resources is the name of the game. Watch the money. Pay attention to the history. They love to celebrate your culture, but ignore your struggle. Woo! I said they love to celebrate your culture, but ignore your struggle. They love... <laughs> To celebrate your culture, but ignore your damn struggle. Exactly. Hey, black man, just just go shoot some boobs, man. Just just get on stage and do the comedy shit, man. We don't want to hear your struggle, man. We don't want to hear that bullshit. Just get on stage and tell it funny. Ain't nothing funny about this shit. This is people's lives being screwed with, and it's time we stand up and we fight for ours. You see the ways and actions. You see. Each and every one of us were able to look y'all in the eye and speak with our soul and tell you what's going on. These people may be rich when it comes to material things, but in their values, they're broke. They're broke. Straight broke. broke. Bob Marley once said, some people are so poor, all they have is money. That's all they have, money. No values, no class, no knowledge, no nothing. I'm gonna end it off with this. You can bury us all you want. You can villainize us all you want. But understand we are seeds. And what happens when you bury a seed? It just grows stronger. This problem ain't going away. You want to keep shuffling us and shuffling us? We will get land. We will get resources one day. And then you're going to see the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding come into play. You're going to see who's about building and who's about destroying. So I thank y'all for, for coming out. I thank y'all for building and sharing this knowledge.
peace to y'all all, and, and like I said, let's go do the damn thing. You know, like like I said, I want to thank every single one of you that participated either in letting media know, came, are pairing in the sun with me. You know, and earlier today, I kind of want to make um a little, I want to make like, now that we're being on the open, that man right there that you see behind you, I don't know who he is. I And you know what? There's a simple question for that. I don't know who he is because he's never shown his face here. When there's an opening now, he's here. He's talking to people that are not even involved in the community as it is. And I can tell it and I can test to it. But you know what? I did tell him the only thing that links you to this community is your color. And you shamed it. You know why? Because politicians, what they do, oh, we see Hispanics there, less than a Mexican. Oh, we see Americans, less than an American. We see someone that's from the Islam religion, less than someone that follows that. I'm sorry, no. People like us, we see right through you. Do you know, I've been contradicted back and forth about the people that knew me, about the people that saw me grow up, and about the people that saw and see who I'm becoming. I'm going to attest it to one simple thing. I don't have a voice. You guys gave me a voice. I, even though I wasn't born here, I'm proud to be Mexican, but this is where I grew up. I was bred and raised here. Honestly, to me, it's a joke. This, seeing officers walk around, prancing, this is where your tax dollars are at work. Talking to people that don't even care about the community, that's where your tax dollars are at work. that we've had not even their best governments can attach to that can they say the same 
No. You know why? Because none of their organizations had heart. None of their organizations, none of their people. He's standing with three people. I'm standing with my whole people behind me.